It is Friday the 13th of November here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 10 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime, fansharesports.com. Smo, you cracked the 150-point barrier to add to your season lead in week nine of the Shark Duel. What went right for you there? I loved this lineup so much that I actually did enter it in a few uh, 50-50s on Fando, which I, which I never do. The reason I liked it is because we talked last week about loving the spots for the passing games of the Bills, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Texans. And I was able to get you know, pieces of all four passing games in here. I, I played Josh Allen, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. You know, Lockett was a disappointment, but Allen, both Allens and Brandon Cooks came through. I played Dalvin Cook, which obviously you kind of had to had to have last week. So you know, it, it's just a lineup I loved when I, you know, sort of found it. Nothing outside of 50-50s though, huh? No. All right. It's probably, probably good to play it safer now that you got a kid. Tyler, yeah. take away from your cash play on FanDuel in Week 9. My main takeaway is that I was extremely triggered by that DJ Dallas touchdown because he was such a terrible play, and he was like 60% owned in FanDuel yeah. cash. Played freaking J.K. Dobbins, who somehow did nothing in Colts. But uh, I won in cash as well, so I had Josh Allen with the double wide receiver, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, and then the run back with Tyler Lockett. Of course, I had Delvin Cook in there, and then Steelers defense let me down, but Josh Allen was the second highest quarterback on the slate. And then Stefan Diggs and John Brown both had good games. So it was just enough to cash in, in all my 50 fifties and then around 70% of my head to head. So it was a solid week over on FanDuel. Did you ever run in with DJ Dallas when he was in college or something? <laughs> I thought he was a bad play because uh, I think he only ended up playing like 31% of the, the snaps last week. So obviously he was a bad play. He just kind of sucked out with that touchdown, which I don't want to spend too much time on it, but he was the clear lead back until they fell behind by like three scores. Then they started playing Travis Homer on passing downs. I think if that game had gone you know, more according to script, we, we would have gotten a lot more Dallas. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll jump in now so we don't <laughs> talk about DJ Dallas for too long. My lineup lined up okay when you consider that it had Justin Jackson in it and it had Derek Carr, quarterback. Darren Waller, Chase Edmonds, both kind of disappointed, but I think both of those decisions were right because they both got at least as many opportunities as I was hoping they would. When I set them in the lineup, they just didn't score a whole lot. I mean, uh, Darren Waller reached the end zone, but he just caught five for 22 and just kind of an ugly passing game for uh, the Raiders overall. I might have underrated the potential. I mentioned this on the other show, but I might have underrated the potential impact of the O-line health issues for the Raiders and kind of over-trusted Derek Carr last week. He didn't throw a whole lot. I think that's probably by design with them missing both tackles and a guard. So I'm going to be adjusting for that this week, and we'll see about the health of those guys going forward. We will all be back at it for round 10 of the Shark Duel this week. The series, the season series stands now at six wins for Jared, three for Tyler, and me flailing around like Phillip Rivers on an interception return. We will show you who we're playing against each other come Saturday. I'll be playing the role of what not to do. Jared, for now, please play the role of who to play at cash QB. I'm going with Kyler Murray. Um, talked about him on the DraftKings show. I think he's even easier to fit on FanDuel here. He, he actually pops as the top 
dollars per point value based on our projections. He's on pace to score the most fantasy points by quarterback of all time. He's averaging 30.1 FanDuel points per game. And th- this should be another shootout against the Bills. The game has a 56 point over under. Cardinals have the second highest implied total of the week. And Murray, you know, obviously he's going to get all the passing touchdowns. And he is, you know, basically the Cardinals goal line back. I mean, I, as a guy who's played Kenny and Drake a bunch and Chase Edmonds last week. It's annoying watching Kyler Murray just get all the goal line carries. He's their lead rusher, not just their goal line back. He's their everything running back. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I was hoping you were going to start with me because I already knew Jared was going to tout <laughs> Kyler Murray 100% of the time there. Uh, a little mispriced over on FanDuel. Um, DraftKings has him priced as a QB1, and then he's priced as a QB2 over on FanDuel, priced uh, right in between Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. I'm not sure if I could play Kyler Murray in cash. I know all the stats are pointing to playing him, but I just feel like if I roster him, you know, he scored a rushing touchdown every game on the season besides one, but the one week I roster him, I can see him disappointing. And Russell Wilson and Josh Allen are two guys I'm extremely high on and have been all season. He definitely makes sense as a play in cash. I'm probably going to – I just don't know if I could do it. I like Jared Goff a lot at 7.4,000. We're probably not going to need the savings, but Goff just makes a ton of sense. I think he'll get the 300-yard bonus. I think he's going to have multiple scores. And I think, honestly, he has a chance for over 400 yards against that historically bad Seattle pass defense. If we really want to knock Kyler Murray down, maybe I should play him at quarterback this week. I mean, really, at this point, I probably should pay up for a top-shelf QB. We'll see once I start building lineups if I can do that. I I think I'm probably more likely to settle because I've seen me do it into the range of Jared Goff, 7,400, Drew Brees, 7,600, Justin Herbert at 8,000. You know, I think there's still plenty of upside to all those guys. Tyler just mentioned Goff. I don't think I have to sell Drew Brees at home against the Niners defense that's bad against the pass and good against the run. And then Justin Herbert, anybody who's watched him so far knows about Justin Herbert. He could have had three more touchdown passes last week in that game against the Raiders than he did. Dude, I like all those guys better than Carson Wentz, even though he's in the same price range at 7,500 bucks. I think Brees has a higher floor than Carson Wentz, even though that's not what our numbers say in the lineup generator right now. And I, I like that all three, Goff, Breeze, and Herbert, have pretty easy stacking options and attractive stacking options for this week. So I'm with you on Goff and, and considering those other two. And we'll see if once I'm setting my lineup, I move up to Kyler Murray at the top. Jared, GPP, what are you playing? Yeah, I like Breeze for tournaments. And, and I love Goff for tournaments, too. He's going to be much higher owned than Drew Brees. You know, they're, they're basically the same price. Breeze, 7600 bucks. He, he's been good lately. He has 22-plus Fando points in three of his last four games, four of his last six. He's at home, which is you know where we like to play him. Niners past the, is, is not good. They've allowed four passing touchdowns in two straight games. Over the last five weeks, they've allowed the second most fantasy points per pass attempt. So I, I think this is like a bottom five pass defense. I think you're going to get Breeze at low ownership. You know, easy stack with Michael Thomas. Tyler, who are you favoring? So we talk about those top three guys a lot. I think that they're. I think I'm going to fade Murray in GPPs because he's going to be easily the highest on quarterback and, and hope that Russell Wilson and Josh Allen outscore him. I'm definitely going to be overweight on Jared Goff as well. And then the only other quarterback I wanted to mention was Tua. So he's 6.8,000. He showed us a little bit of upside last week with his ability to generate plays outside the pocket. Going up against a defense that has really underperformed this season. Tua is extremely mobile, so I think we can continue to see him run for even more yards than he did last week. I think he had seven carries for 35 yards last week. But the Chargers defense has allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far this season. So I think... 
this might be uh, the last chance we could get to uh, under $7,000. I'm probably going to favor Jared Goff primarily in GPPs here. Carson Wentz, I have to add in for GPPs, playing the Giants. I'll be sick if he has a four-touchdown game against the Giants, and I'm not using him at all. Plus, it gives me the upside of having two um, implosive quarterbacks, two guys that just could um, ruin my week completely, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. So I'm going to focus there and try to really have a bad night on Sunday. Windy forecasts are, are pushing me away from – well, so we, we've got the combo of windy forecasts in Green Bay and Cleveland this week. We've also got a wealth of options as we've run through both on the cash and GPP side. So I think that Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson would normally be – strongly in consideration here but i'm leaning away from both of those guys this week for those reasons what about you guys yeah agreed although i mean i don't think that, like watson isn't as strong with value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. um so i don't think either guy would be in play for me for cash um even without the weather makes it easier tyler for running back cash what do you like i'm gonna go to aaron jones 8.8 thousand i like alvin Kamara as well but i think aaron jones has a little bit higher chance of multiple touchdowns both are extremely good at scoring touchdowns but and both of them are you know the Saints are favored by nine and a half Packers favored by 13.5 and Jones is only $200 cheaper so I think it's definitely close but the matchup definitely favors Jones so I give him the edge there and then Mike Davis 5.4 thousand is just way too cheap I don't think he's got a great shot at a touchdown but he should see enough volume to get us over 10 fan duel points Chase Edmonds certainly in play if Kenyon Drake gets ruled out and then Duke Johnson is probably going to be uh, my my cash game play if Kenyon Drake plays, which would rule out Chase Edmonds in cash. Jared Relick. I'm with Tyler there. I, I do prefer Aaron Jones over Alvin Kamara slightly. Um, you, you could play them both, but I, I'm going to play you know one of those guys, probably Aaron Jones, along with Mike Davis and, and Duke Johnson. You play Davis and Johnson at 54 and 5800. You can you know do a lot with the rest of your lineup. Yeah, I'm with that construction. I think it's also Mike Davis also makes it possible to play both Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara in the same lineup, depending on how things are working out. I think that Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and kind of that mid range are also in play. Miles Sanders 7700, Josh Jacobs 7500. Jacobs is off the injury report this week. So his work was down a little bit last week. He was still over 60% of the team's running back carries. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a 20 plus carry game this week. I think there's um, some nice touchdown upside to him. And uh, I think that they'll continue leaning toward the run as they have the past two weeks, given the issues up front. I'm not too worried about the tackles, even if they both miss the game, lowering his ceiling against Denver. GPP side, Tyler, what are you favoring running back? We mentioned most of the guys. Uh, James Robinson's another guy I'll have exposure to, 7.3 thousand. They're 13 and a half point underdogs, but he's got a really good matchup and they really rely on him every week. Definitely going to have some Miles Sanders exposure too. I think he's going to come in higher owns right now. Fanshare has him at just 10.5%. I think he's going to be closer to 15, but I think with the Eagles favored by three points coming off the bye, he should be healthy going up against that Giants defense. I'm probably going to fade Gio Bernard. It's looking like Joe Mixon is doubtful to play this week. Gio's only 6.2,000, but it's just a nightmare matchup going up against that Steelers defense. Yeah, I would like to believe that the Bengals have enough on offense to make it a game here, but I could definitely see a Steelers blowout in this one too. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really mess with the Steelers run defense. I'm not definitely not going to play Joe Bernard against them. Um, I like Leonard Fournette in tournaments. Talked about him on on DraftKings. I think he might be an even better value on FanDuel at 6,400 bucks. Now he's 
outcarried Ronald Jones 27-23 over the last three games. He's out-targeted Jones 19-10. to So I think Fournette's the better volume back. And I still think this Panthers run D is, is really bad. Football Outsiders has them 24th against the run. They're 25th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. And the Bucks are six-point favorites. They have a 28.25 point implied total, fourth highest on the main slate. So I think Fournette is a good touchdown. But I'm going to throw in James Conner here as well. 7,600 bucks. I think he's a, a, has a shot at multiple touchdowns in this game. Kept the passing game work over Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland last week. I think the game against Dallas is just a matter of goofy usage. I don't think that it's a plan going forward. I would assume that it's not a plan going forward because it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for them to suddenly take carries away from James Conner, especially in the last year of his contract. The uh, Bengals 25th in run defense DVOA, also allowing the ninth most fan duel points per game to running backs on the season, despite not even allowing uh, that many touchdowns to the position. Wide receiver, Tyler, what do you like for cash? I guess just to wrap up running back, what do you guys expect from Nick Chubb this week? Because I think he's interesting he practices in full this week and you know they say he's 100 i mean the problem is we don't really know what he's done in practice because they haven't had to list him because he's you know still he's not officially activated yet definitely tournament only play looking at his price i mean 8200 bucks he'd be a guy i'd have to be playing like you know 20 plus tournament lineups to to get the nick job definitely big upside though because that texans run defense is really bad yeah certainly interesting i'd have a little trouble going up from miles sanders to nick chubb for him though and then the only other guy uh just looking through the fan duel pricing and a positive report came out of the san francisco Jarek mckinnon's expected to to get a lot of the touches this week and he's got a really good price at 5500 so if we could give him 15 to 20 touches, I think he can pay off value for us there. But going into wide receiver, it's a tough week on FanDuel, I think, to figure out who we want in cash. We could definitely go to Keenan Allen, uh, Robert Woods, but those are two guys who traditionally don't score a lot of touchdowns, which is what we want to target over on FanDuel. So I might lean towards guys like Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup, who who have better shots at touchdowns, but I'm considering each of those guys. My two favorite cash wide receiver plays on FanDuel, uh, Robbie Anderson, 6400 bucks. So just a really good target bet for that price tag. He saw another 13 targets last week. He has eight plus targets in seven of his nine games this season, only four wide receivers in the entire league have more targets than Anderson. He had a big game too against the Bucks back in week two, 109 yards, uh, nine catches. And then Devontae Parker for 6,000 bucks, Preston Williams out for Miami. That leaves uh, Jakeem Grant and Mac Hollins behind Parker on the wide receiver depth chart. So I just think Parker, you know, re- really should see like 25 plus percent of Miami's targets on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with both of those guys. Anderson's averaging 6.7 catches, 83.4 yards per game on the season. Still sitting on just one touchdown, but he's tied for 11th across all positions in red zone targets. Not Hasn't done quite as well on end zone targets specifically, but getting the red zone looks. I think a big game is coming for him at some point, and I think that there's shootout potential to this one. You mentioned he had a big game in the first one. Carlton Davis is coming into this one with a sore knee, so that could help the outside guys for Carolina. And Anderson is $500 cheaper than DJ Moore here on FanDuel, <laughs> just $700 more than Curtis Samuel. So he's he's pretty easily the Panthers wide receiver play for me on FanDuel this week. GPP, Tyler, who are you favoring? There's a lot of wide receivers I like this week, so we're going to need to nail down the right ones if we want a chance to take down a GPP this week. I think Devontae Adams is just a little too expensive at 9500 even in a week where we have a lot of value. He's been a machine since he came back from injury, but I just can't see myself paying that price tag for him. I think he's the most expensive player on the slate, which makes some sense, but... Anything can happen at the wide receiver position, so I, I don't think I'll be taking an overweight of him this week. I'm going to be fading Hopkins, but some of the wide receivers I like are Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, 
Antonio Brown, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller. And then the cheapest guys I'm looking at are Deontay Johnson and John Brown, who are just 5.7 and 5.6K. A lot of those other guys were in that mid $7,000 range. And then Antonio Brown is just underpriced at 6,500. I don't think he'll soak up much ownership. You know, I just think Brady likes him, and I expect the Bucks to run up the score a little bit this week. Angry Tom going up against that terrible Panthers defense, and uh, maybe Antonio Brown could get a couple touchdowns and catch six to eight passes this week. I think Brown will be low on. I mean, there's no like numbers you can point to to say he's a good play, but it, it, it's Antonio Brown. So good tournament play. I like DJ Chark for a tournament. You know, if you're playing Aaron Jones, even if you're playing Devontae Adams, like Chark's a good run back in that game. Just 6,600 bucks. Saw 12 targets, a 32% target share in Jake Luton's first start last week. Was also fourth among all wide receivers in air yards last week. And the Packers very likely going to be without Jair Alexander, who's their top cornerback, who's really one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So assuming he's out, um, you know, it's a big matchup upgrade for Chark. I think you have to downgrade Antonio Brown a little bit for the Carl Winslow mustache, but then you upgrade him for living with Tom Brady, which I think helps. Otherwise, on the wide receiver front, I Christian Kirk, I just checked the ownership projection. He's at just under 10%, which I would be shocked if it actually lands in that range but if it does i very much like christian kirk at 6300 bucks against the bills i think there's target upside with deandre hopkins likely facing a tradavius white shadow white's dealing with an injury we'll have to watch but i i would guess at this point that he'll play and christian kirk is coming off four straight good fantasy outings there's certainly room for both him and deandre hopkins to produce so uh we'll we'll really look to pounce though if the um, ownership projection is not higher and then mike williams at 5900 only five wide receivers have seen a larger percentage of their targets come in the end zone so far this year according to pro football focus all of those guys have seen at least 14 fewer targets overall than mike williams he's scored only twice so far on seven end zone opportunities just twice among 13 total red zone opportunities more touchdowns, I think, will come. Obviously, it's a volatile spot, but uh, he's set up to score more, and he could have scored a couple of touchdowns in last week's game, had one go off his fingertips and one knocked away late after he had secured the catch and was on the way to the ground. I think there's shootout potential in Chargers-Dolphins. The backfield remains a mess for the Chargers, so we could see even a further lean toward throwing the ball if Justin Jackson is not ready for this game. And like I said, Williams just missed a pair of touchdowns last week. I want to make sure that I'm on board the next time he has a game like he did in New Orleans. Yeah, Mike Williams was uh, born to be played on FanDuel with his touchdown scoring ability. Yeah, absolutely. I just have to try to fight the urge to play him in cash where he crushes yeah. me. <laughs> Tyler, what are you playing for cash at tight end? So. Three tight ends I'm comfortable with in cash. So I think when I'm building my cash game lineup this week, I think the tight end position is going to be the last one I put in. I'm comfortable with Darren Waller in the upper range at 7,000. I like Dallas Goddard in the mid range at 5.8,000. And then I like Austin Hooper at 5.1,000, who would be the cheapest option. So whatever fits my roster construction, I think it's going to be one of those three guys this week. Yeah, I don't think I'll get to Waller, but uh, for me, Goddard versus Hooper is basically a toss up when you factor in the $700 price difference uh you know price savings on hooper well, well keep an eye on the wind in cleveland you know if it's not as bad as they're projecting i would definitely favor hooper if we're talking you know 40 50 mile per hour winds i would try to get up to goddard dangerously windy is the current forecast on nflweather.com right now <laughs> i i certainly agree with dallas goddard i agree with austin hooper i think evan engram at 5600 though is also in play both for cash and gpp and then right in that same range with dallas goddard i agree I, i'm probably not going up to darren waller because I think that he and Dallas Goddard look pretty similar in terms of what we can expect this week. 
the Eagles are the most favorite, the most favorable tight end scoring matchup on the slate this week for Evan Ingram. His role has been much larger lately uh, than the tight ends for the next three um, teams on that list. He's seen nine plus targets in three straight games, 29 total targets over that span tops among tight ends. So I think that there's a good chance that Evan Ingram gets the ball plenty and obviously a decent chance that any one of those catches finds him in the end zone, makes it a nice fantasy day. Jared, what do you like for GPP at tight end? Evan Ingram's my guy there. He's been seeing the volume. He's third him on all tight ends and targets on the season. A uh, good matchup against Philly. And he has that big playability that, you know, we're, we're looking for in tournaments. Tyler, what do you like? So it's going to be a lot of those three tight ends I mentioned for cash. I'm going to play them in GPPs as well. The only other tight end I'm looking at is Hunter Henry. I'm not sure how he hasn't done anything over the last couple months. He's continued to get seven plus targets and somehow he can't, you know, get over 50 yards. And I was watching the game last week. He had a couple end zone targets, a couple of them hit his hands and he just didn't pull it down. But I think the big game is coming at some point and uh, maybe it's this week. I mean, I've been saying that for the last several weeks, but I think I'm going to continue to roster him because he's been costing me a lot of money. So don't want to lose that at this point. I think TJ Hawkinson is in the mix for GPP on FanDuel. 6200 bucks, so definitely nowhere close to cash game usage. Going to have to watch his toe injury, though, after he missed practice Thursday. So we'll see if he's ready for the game. But the matchup's strong. There's no Kenny Galladay, most likely. That leaves targets available. Uh, Hawkinson's seen 10 and 8 the past two games. Five-plus catches in three straight games. Touchdowns in four of the past five. So the upside there, uh, the upside is there in the Washington matchup is nice. Yep. Flex, Jared, what do you like? Uh, we've talked about all the running backs I'll consider. Um, for, for tournaments, I do like Brandon Cooks at 6,300 and Jarvis Landry at 6,000. Again, if the wind isn't so bad in that game. Um, two other guys, Chase Claypool, 6,100 bucks. You know, bad Bengals secondary. Don't know exactly how targets are going to be divvied in that Steelers wide receiver core, but you know, I, I think Claypool still has the highest ceiling among all those guys, nice price tag on him. And then Jerry Judy, 5,800 bucks. You know, he has seen 24 targets over the last two weeks. He leads the NFL in air yards over the last two weeks. So he's just getting the type of usage. And I think is you know talented enough to cash in on it and have a big game at that price tag. Tyler, where are you focusing? I think we really mentioned all the guys I'm interested in at the flex. It's going to be mostly three running backs. And then in certain lineups, I'm going to double stack wide receivers in those popular games between the Bills, uh, Cardinals, and then the Seahawks and Rams. So I'll be running like stacks with Russell Wilson plus DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and then even have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup on, on the other side and just hope that game completely goes nuclear. And, you know, we hope for a thousand yards and you know, those 80 point type games where you'd, you'd need multiple receivers from each team. Yeah, I agree with probably considering wide receivers more than usual because of those games specifically. Uh, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson at 6,100 or a couple more guys to throw in as possibilities. Antonio Gibson gets a bad Detroit uh, run defense. So that's a, a nice spot for him. And I would imagine they give him the ball plenty with Alex Smith making his first start in two years. Um, but, you know, there are so many running back options this week. It might be tough to actually include Antonio Gibson in many lineups on defense the Giants at 3,900 against the Eagles are attractive Carson Wentz is en route to being the most generous QB since Blake Bortles he leads the league in sacks and interceptions despite having just had his bye Bortles was the last quarterback to do that for the 2015 Jaguars that was in his second season in the league so that shows you just how poorly Carson Wentz is navigating this current season in the NFL Jared what do you like I, I think Wentz is going to get that cleaned up he, he's 
he should not be talked about in Bortles territory when it comes to that. But I guess guess we'll see. Um, I I actually prefer Washington for a hundred bucks cheaper, thirty eight hundred. I mean, it's just they're a good defense. Football Outsiders says them sixth in DVO. A more importantly, they're first in the league in adjusted sack rate. Um, the Lions are twenty first in adjusted sack rate allowed. Um, and Washington averaging 6.5 FanDuel points per game. That's sixth highest on the main slate. So I, I think they're underpriced here. I think they're in play as well. Tyler, what do you think? It's funny because FanDuel is pretty notorious for mispricing a lot of players. But to me, this week, it seems like they pretty much nailed down the defensive position extremely well. It seems like all defenses are priced correctly. Definitely going to have some Steelers at 5,000. They're easier to get on FanDuel with the extra salary. I like the at 4500 but I just don't really see any values. I think if you're paying down in cash, I think the Giants make the most sense with, with the points he made on Carson Bortles over there. But uh, yeah, it's going to be the Steelers are going to be my highest on defense, and then probably the Saints are going to be my second highest on. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been saying since at least week two that Carson Wentz is bound to clean it up at some point. He just turned the ball over four times to the Cowboys. The Cowboys suck. Yes, they do. I think the Eagles at 46 are also in play. I agree with the Saints and Steelers being in play, so those will be the ones I'm considering if the salary is available but otherwise i'm fine with betting on carson Wentz playing another ugly game before we close it out tyler what do you like on the betting front got another six point teaser we're going to the chargers which have to be like the best teaser team of all time because <laughs> somehow week they lose in heartbreaking fashion but they keep the games close so we could tease them over seven and a half Hopefully I don't jinx them there, but uh, they just have heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss. Uh, they've blown so many leads. They scored a couple touchdowns at the last week, and they just get called back by penalty or or called back by um, the review when, when it was actually an incomplete pass. So that really sucks because I'm high on the Chargers for the season win total, which is looking extremely unlikely at this point. And then I have the Raiders under. And the Raiders have been playing good football with good wins against the Saints and the Chiefs. Anyways, uh, the other part of the teaser is the Ravens. So we get them down to minus one Sunday night game going up against the Patriots. I just really don't see the Patriots being able to do anything against that Ravens defense, even if Clayus Campbell misses the game. The Ravens are ranked DVOA number one against the run. They have a really good slot corner in Marlon Humphrey. So I don't think Cam Newton's going to be able to move the ball and score enough points to keep up with that Ravens offense. Yeah, even if you're not in a teasing mood, I I take the Ravens plus seven and a half pretty easily here. It took it took the Patriots an improbable late comeback to edge the Jets last week. The Ravens come in now are four and zero on the road this year. The Patriots are three and five against the spread. They lost their last two home games by 27 to the Niners and by six to the Broncos. Neither of those teams is any good at this point. So I, I think any point spread that's short of 10 points, it's fairly easy to pick the Ravens in that matchup. Jared, what do you like? I, I got nothing else betting wise. You don't, you don't want my betting advice. I, I liked the uh, Titans plus a point last night. So Jared just wants to get out of here and watch the masters. For some <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that'll do it for this week. 10 FanDuel podcast, head over to draftsharks.com Now get some cash game recommendations from Kevin. Get some tournament picks from Tyler. He will also lay out his favorite stacking options for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, as well as fan share ownership projections. And come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in round nine of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for submitting to us.